Good afternoon. This is Dr. David returning with the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. I'm glad to be back with you. It has been a minute since I've recorded an episode. I think it's been two weeks now, um, but I am back. Um, obviously, I've been busy lately, as I'm guessing you have too, but I'm glad to reconnect with you again today on Wednesday, November 8th at 5.45 p.m. Um, after I record this episode, I'm going to go home uh, make dinner, <laughs> probably some maybe baked catfish and um, some steamed vegetables and a, a tasty cocktail. Uh, and I guess I'm going to watch the Republican debate tonight. Uh, I don't really talk a lot about politics, uh, but, you know, um, I do try to keep up with what's going on and, and politics and everything. So I do watch debates and things like that. So tonight's, uh, I think, the third Republican debate. So I'll watch that and look at all the other wild crazy stuff that's going on in our world um whether it's in the middle east or in the united states uh or a number of other things but um anyway uh, i do try to stay informed about what's going on and i think uh i try to maintain boundaries about uh that too um i don't sit around and watch cnn or or msnbc or fox news or any of those things all the time or even most of the time and i put a lot of boundaries on what information I take in. Um, as you may or may not know from listening to other episodes, I'm a strong believer in the concept of input equals output. And so a portion or percentage of what you produce or put out or display or exhibit uh, or produce is related to what you take in. And so if you want to produce better, then you take in better. And so that's kind of why I have a, a weird kind of relationship with things like that. And, and I kind of guard my social media time and things like that and uh, avoid certain platforms. Um, but that's kind of the way that I do it. Um, and as you know, I've done a couple episodes about boundaries. And so I think they're really, really important. And I think the most important boundaries, of course, are the ones that you set with yourself, right? And sometimes we like to call that self-control or self-restraint um, those kind of things. So I try to do that as much as I possibly can. Um, and you can do that in a lot of different areas of your life when it comes to everything from what you take in dietarily or nutritionally to what you take in from social media or entertainment or media platforms and what you take in from your friends, the people you spend time with, the places that you go to, um, you know, those kind of things. So anyway, Without further ado, let's get started today. Um, it is the fall. Uh, as you know, it's autumn. Um, we had Halloween and um, Thanksgiving is upcoming. Veterans Day is also upcoming. Uh, and this is the time of year that just kind of floats by. One of the big points that I try to make with my clients um, and that I'll share with you today is that once you hit a certain point in the year, everything just flies by. Generally speaking for me, that's March. Once March hits, everything starts to accelerate. And as you know, uh, in a lot of ways, time really is not linear. We kind of think of time in a linear way, but it really, really isn't. Time and space really are not linear. Uh, and you get the sense of that when you put something off or when time seems to start flying. Uh, and part of that is just how you experience time. Um, in reference to that, I would urge you to check out the, the episodes that I did about time management. Did some, a really good episode about time management, and it'll help you see time in a different way and hopefully help you manage and save 
and um, use time in a better way too. Um, but it's kind of a reminder that um, you should try to get as much as you can done at, at the beginning of the year or the first quarter of the year. Because after that, it's really, really tough to get a lot of things going that you haven't already started, that you're not already perpetuating, that aren't already habits or rituals that you're repeating on a regular basis, right? So the best time to do that is at the beginning of the year, if possible. But it's never too late. So um, now is a time that I highly recommend that people start to watch their calories because there's nothing, there are nothing but celebrations and things from here on out. Um, there's Halloween, which is all about snacks and treats and candies and sugar and diabetes, in my opinion. Um, and then from here on out, it's nothing but celebrations. So whether you're talking about Hanukkah or Christmas or, um, um, you know, all the other holidays, Thanksgiving, et cetera, et cetera, um, the holidays are all about that kind of thing. So if you start to watch your calories now, you can prevent yourself from at least sliding backwards which makes it easier at the beginning of the year, if you one of your goals is to lose weight, you won't have as much to lose. So I always tell people, start watching what you eat now. Don't wait till the end of the year. Don't wait till after the holidays. Start looking at it now. Drink more water. Do other things. Uh, eat smaller amounts of the things that you know that aren't healthy, like sweets and carbs and sugars and things like that. So those are a lot of the things that you can do. Uh, even if you don't eliminate it, try to cut back on the quantity and then add more quantities of the things that you know are good for you, like water and vegetables, uh, fresh fruits, uh, and things like that. So those are some of the things you can do and you can see all that stuff in my book, The Nutrient Diet, which is available on Amazon. Um, today's episode is about a concept that I've been sharing with a lot of my clients lately. I think it's a really important one. Um, and so I just wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about it today and introducing it. And then I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it later on. Um, as you may or may not know, my practices are root cause analysis based practices, which means I don't just look at the problem you're reporting or the challenge that you have or the issue or symptom or complaint. I look at and locate where it's coming from, like deep, deep, deep where it's coming from. So I don't just look at things at the surface, I look at where they're coming from because I think unless you get to the root cause of something, you never really solve a problem. Uh, and it's just gonna perpetuate in a different way. And so, you know, let's say you have a problem with anxiety and you can't sleep at night and you've got racing thoughts at night and that produces insomnia. And then you take a pill to get rid of the insomnia. Well, you know what's gonna happen is, number one, you're gonna get dependent upon those pills to sleep uh, you're going to get dependent, you're going to build tolerance, and you're going to need them, and you won't be able to sleep at all without them. That's number one. Number two is the anxiety that you're manifesting at nighttime before you're going to go to sleep. It's just going to re-manifest during the daytime or some other time. So it's not going away. You're not really getting rid of the anxiety. All you're doing is masking or, or covering up the fact that it's interrupting with your sleep. So at my practice, we get to the root cause of why you're having recent thoughts at night, why your insomnia is coming, why you're anxious, why you worry, why you have trepidation, all those kind of things, why you ruminate about certain things. Um, and you know that's kind of how we find solutions. And like I said, if you don't find a solution to a problem, even if you squash the symptom, it's gonna come back, it's gonna re-manifest in some other way because your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul, your psyche, your tissues, your organs, your cells, your sensory organs are trying to tell you something. And by masking it, you're not listening. 
you're just basically putting a blanket over it and it, and it just blankets don't make things go away so anyway without further ado i'm going to talk today a little bit about a technique that i strongly believe in the cool thing about it is this technique you can check out the book on amazon i recommend every single client who comes in my office we use this technique i recommend they get the book i also have the um the personal learning course uh, which is from a retreat that they did but this technique is one called the Sedona method and it's a brilliant technique and it's based on the notion or the idea that as humans part of what we need to learn to do in order to become balanced and to have some degree of equilibrium and peace is to let go of things right um and it's called the Sedona method um and it's a brilliant technique i use it with every single client who comes in my office it's amazing to watch some of my clients respond to it. I use it myself, on myself, all the time. It's a technique that you can use anywhere, anytime, and it really, really does work. Um, and it makes sense from a biological and physiological um, perspective. As humans, as organisms, we are built and we've evolved to collect things. That's what we do, right? Um, and at the basic level, it's called DNA, right? Our DNA is a collection of our story over time. That's what our DNA is. Uh, and if you look at our DNA, you'll find remnants of a lot of that, those things. And that's how we can see how we share things familiar with the rest of the animal kingdom. But our DNA is like the oldest record keeping system. It really is. And it's proof and it's brilliance, our ability to hang on to things, to collect things, to store things right? We're built, we've evolved into experts in the storing things, right? And computers are a great ex example of that. That's why we spend so much time on AI and computing and all those things, because they're all about storing things. But the problem is, is when you become an expert on storing and holding on to things and keeping things, you don't spend time recycling them or letting them go or deleting them or shredding them or putting them in the trash. And that's where the problem comes in. You can't have a good balance if you're only taking in things and not ever letting things go. The best ex uh, example that I kind of use with my clients about that is your tr the trash can in your kitchen. If you kept depositing trash in your kitchen, but you never took it out, what would your house smell like? What would it look like? What would it feel like? Um, not very good, I don't think. Uh, if you never recycled your trash, if you never took it out to the street, if you never did any of those things and you just let trash pile up for years and years and years, um, your home would no longer be livable. Well, and that's the reason why you take out your trash every Thursday, at least in Georgia, uh, where I live. Everybody takes out their trash on Thursday. Uh, that's the trash pickup day. Uh, and um, you do that on a regular basis so that trash doesn't pile up in your home, right? But we don't do that with our brains. So we've got trash building up in our brains and our mind all the time, specifically our mind. Um, our body tries to get rid of some of the trash that builds up in our, in our central and peripheral nervous system. We have cells that help do that. But mentally, uh, psychologically, we really don't. Um, and therein lies the solution is 
if you're built to save things and hold on to things and keep things and retain things uh, and store them, then your lesson is to learn to let go of them. And so that's why the Sedona method technique is such a powerful one. Um, but yeah, we walk around with minds full of trash that's been stored up for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and we've never gotten rid of it. And that's why this technique is so powerful because when people start to let go uh, and drop and give up and release some of the toxic stuff that's floating around their minds, then they really, really start to become more centered, more balanced, more fresh, more free, more rejuvenated, more resilient, um, more stable, more serene. And serene is probably the best word I can think of. Serenity is the best thing I can think of that describes the state when you start letting go of things. Um, one of the definitions or one of the analogies actually that I love to use is one from physiology. Uh, and I remember uh, um, a, a really brilliant, in my opinion, uh, professor that I had in medical school named Dr. Brian Matayoshi, who's also uh, on my Facebook. Uh, he's a Facebook friend of mine. He's also in one of my Facebook groups. As you know, I have three Facebook groups. One is called GROW, capital G-R-O-W in all caps. Another one is called uh, Fresh Start with Dr. David. And then another one is called um, New Balance with Dr. David. And those represent, those names represent the things that I like to do uh, and what's going on in my brain, right? Fresh starts, growing, and balance. I think those are all important, and that's why those groups are named that. But Dr. Matayoshi was a brilliant professor that I had in medical school. He taught physiology, and he could relate everything to everything else. And his ability to, to contrast uh, and compare analogies between different things was a great aid in learning. But one of the things that I remember is when we were talking about the respiratory system, we were talking about the concept of emphysema and COPD things, things like that. And, you know, kind of contrary to popular uh, beliefs, one of the things you learn in medical school and physiology when it comes to respiratory diseases is with things like COPD, which COPD stands for chronic obstructive pulmonary, pulmonary disease, basically, the problem isn't taking air in, it's getting it out, right? So when you breathe, and that's one of the most basic things that we do as humans, when you breathe, breathing is a combination of inhaling and exhaling, right? Inhaling, which means taking in air and hence oxygen and other things, right? Other things that are in the air besides oxygen. And then exhaling, which is releasing air and letting it go which is generally in the form of carbon dioxide or CO2, right? So you take in oxygen or O2, and then some things happen metabolically, and then you release CO2, carbon dioxide, right? Um, but you need both. You've got to inhale and exhale. You can't just choose one or the other, right? It's a binary thing. You have to have both. Uh, and if you just breathe in, and you can only breathe in, that's not gonna work. And you, you can only exhale, that's not gonna work either. Well, that's the same concept with the Sedona Method technique. If you only take in stuff, but you never let it go, it's an imbalance. And that imbalance is gonna come out in a bunch of different ways. Mainly it's gonna come out in your mind, your thinking, uh, your frustration, 
your exhaustion, burnout, mental uh, confusion, brain fog, loss of a sense of purpose, all those kind of things. So you've got to keep letting go and you've got to start letting go. And most people don't know how to do that. And that's one of the things that I'm so proud that I, I get to teach my clients every day. But we're experts on inhaling and keeping stuff, but we're not experts at exhaling, right? And, and I think there's a popular movie that came out a long time ago that always cracks me up when I listen to it called Waiting to Exhale, which is all about that, right? It's about somebody who's taking in something, they're holding it in, and they have not exhaled it. They haven't released it. And the movie's all about finally releasing the demons that don't belong to you and don't serve you, right? So that's what it's all about. And, um, you know, it's kind of like kind of like an on and off switch. It's kind of binary. You know, you take in something and then you give off. The same thing is true uh, of a balance sheet in accounting, right? That's how you come up with a balance. You know, you look at the difference between your liabilities or the things that you owe or have going out and the things that you have as assets. So, you know, your balance is a result or the, the difference between your assets and liabilities. And, you know, in between that, you obviously have cash flow, also known as revenues, and then you have expenses, things that you pay. So you've got money coming in, you've got money going out. Some of those, some of the money that comes in will become assets. Uh, and some of the money going out could be going to liabilities, right? Um, or not. But it can be, it can get really, really complicated in accounting. But the important thing is that the reason why accounting ex exists is because you've got to account for what's coming in and what's coming out or what's going out. And the same thing is true with the Sedona method. So uh, the Sedona method is a technique, but it's also a reminder to us that we get to redefine who we are and how we live each and every day, every breath we take, right? With every inhale and exhale, it's a cycle of energy that's being exchanged. The same thing is true with letting go. By letting go of the stuff that doesn't serve you, by letting go of the junk, the baggage, the negative thoughts, the negative feelings, the emotions, all those things that you've been holding on to for so long, you get to redefine your daily state of living. And that's why I love the word release so much. The Sedona method is the process of letting go um, and releasing. But if you look at the root, if you look at the word release, you get a big answer. Re, which means to do again, and lease, which is a temporary state of use or of living, right? So that's the difference between somebody renting, leasing, and owning, right? A lease is kind of a contract for some temporary amount of time, right? Three-year lease, two-year lease, whatever, if you're getting a car. And then re means to do again. So a release is just doing again or renegotiating your temporary state of living, right? And that's why the release technique allows you to redefine who you are. Um, this is going to be a really, really short episode. <laughs> I'm not going to go into a lot. I just wanted to kind of catch up again and then also kind of just introduce this topic. But 
regardless of whether you come to my practice or any other practice, I would strongly recommend that you grab the book, The Sedona Method by Hale Dwoskin. Um, I don't own the book. I don't get anything about, uh, or I don't get any feedback or I don't get any, uh, you know, profits or anything for recommending that book. Um, but it's a brilliant book. And if you read that book, whether it's the audio version that you listen to or where you physically uh, get the book and read it, you're going to benefit from it. And what you're going to learn to do is to start letting some stuff go. And part of letting go is creating boundaries about what you're going to let, what you're going to allow or let influence you in a negative way on a daily basis. Right. And when you start letting go of some things, you're going to reformulate and redefine the balance that you have and the boundaries for what you're going to allow to disturb your serenity, your peace, your sense of calm and your balance on a daily basis. And with that, I'm going to wrap up. Um, again, thanks for tuning in. This is, I believe, episode number 22 of the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast, season two. And I'm glad to, um, I'm glad that you tuned into this one. I'll be talking more about the Sedona Method technique in future episodes. Definitely go on Amazon and check out the book, The Sedona Method by Hale Dwoskin. It will change your life, I promise you. Uh, and like I said, make sure that you realize and act upon the belief that every day you have an opportunity to release the things that don't serve you. Negative thoughts, negative feelings, negative emotions, things that bother you. You have an opportunity to do that every time you take a breath in and then choose to exhale. Okay? With that, you enjoy your evening and I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.